racing around. Drops! Think about Moa trying to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! The Crimson Tide will not be denied. Hi, and welcome back in to Second and 26, your dedicated Alabama podcast here on The Athletic. I'm your host, Aaron Suttles, Alabama beat writer for The Athletic. You can also catch me on WJOX 94.5, Mondays through Fridays from 10 to 2 here in the Birmingham area, Central Time. Um, And we're back for another podcast, and this time we're going to sort of go over my, my top 10 predictions for Alabama's 2020 season. Now, some of these are are um, predictions that you're going to be um, sort of, well, duh. Yeah, Aaron, that's not really going out on a limb. And others, I do go out a little bit on the limb. I, I have a balance, a little bit of a mix. So some that will, will open me up to to being very wrong and some that uh, seem like shoe-ins, but let's... Uh, Let's get to them and see what you think. Um, my my number my my first prediction. These are not in order. These are just how I numbered them. Uh, my my first prediction is a graduate transfer will come to Tuscaloosa. Now, if you've been following along on our first look series, which the athletic college football did uh, across all of our teams, we we predicted what we thought or projected the offensive and defensive depth chart, what it would be, and for both. Offense and defense, I said that if Alabama find, found the right person, if they found the right body, that they would take a graduate transfer. I think they would take a graduate transfer at tight end. I think they would take a graduate transfer at safety. Now, there is some news on this. Alabama hosted North Carolina tight end Carl Tucker uh, for an official, unofficial visit over the weekend. He's from North Carolina, and... He's looking for a new home, apparently. So um, Alabama, if the numbers work out, we'll take him. They need depth at tight end, and Carl Tucker is a, is a guy that will provide that for him. So be on the lookout for that one. I also said on the defensive side, they would be interested in finding the right safety. You know, safety is a position that they're looking to bolster. We've we've talked a lot about Alabama having lost four of the five starters in the secondary. And uh, if they could bring in a veteran safety, the right person, that would make a lot of sense. Now, a lot of this comes down to the numbers. Um, you know, to, to some extent, Alabama was a little surprised at the number of juniors they got back. They may have planned those scholarships to go elsewhere, and, and now they can't. And that will uh, also be affected by the number of, of guys they sign on on National Signing Day coming up here <clears throat> in a week or so. So. Um, that's where they are with that right now. Uh, be on the lookout. I predict Alabama will add a graduate transfer. My second item on my 10 predictions, um, you might not be as thrilled with. I think a running back is going to enter the transfer portal. Now, of course, we've already seen Jerome Ford. He's gone into the transfer portal. But I, I don't think it's unreasonable, if you look at this without the crimson uh, sunglasses on, to look at this and think that Alabama might be right for another transfer. And stay with me now, because as I mentioned before, they did not necessarily expect Najee Harris to come back. Uh, they welcomed him back with open arms. They loved to have him back. Nick Saban said as much when he was in Mobile for the Senior Bowl. But they didn't expect it, which is why they've recruited and signed three running backs in the 2020 class. So with Najee Harris back, here's the running back depth chart right now. 
You got Najee Harris. You got Brian Robinson. You got Trey Sanders. You got Keelan Robinson. You got Jace McClellan, Roydell Williams, and Kyle Edwards. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven scholarship running backs in one room. Now, it would be difficult for me to envision any of the true freshmen transferring or, or entering themselves into the transfer portal. So, uh, Jace McClellan, Roydell Williams, Kyle Edwards, I don't think any of those guys are going to transfer. Two of those guys are seniors in Najee Harris and Brian Robinson. That leaves you Trey Sanders and Keelan Robinson. Uh, if I had to go out on a limb, I'm not predicting this particular running back will, but if you're Keelan Robinson, you're in your sophomore year and you're probably at best fourth, fourth on the depth chart. So just something to look out for. I hope I hope none of these guys transfer. I hope they end their careers at Alabama. We get to watch them all play, but I would not be surprised if that happened. My third prediction, Alabama's going to start the season 3-0, and which isn't that bold when you think about it um, just in terms of numbers, but when you dig into it a little more, and you realize that Alabama's playing Southern Cal in week one, and then two weeks later they're going to get Georgia coming to Bryant-Denny Stadium, that is significant. That's a, that's a very significant 3-0 and starts. For everyone and all, all the people and all the detractors of Alabama who pointed out strength of schedule last year, and rightfully so, Alabama's schedule was not very good, they're not going to be able to say that next year. And if Alabama goes 3-0 and with wins over Southern Cal on a neutral site and at home beating Georgia – Alabama might be number one in the country, and I think they will go 3-0. I, I don't know enough about Jamie Newman, the new Georgia quarterback coming in. I know that Georgia loses an awful lot of offensive linemen. I know they have an, a new offensive coordinator. So I, that particular game, being in Bryant-Denny, I think Alabama's going to win. I think Alabama goes 3-0 and to start the season, and I think Alabama's going to be in a pretty good position because of that schedule strength to get back to the college football playoff next year, depending on how the rest of the, the team sort of works out. Uh, my, my fourth prediction is a little bolder, um, a little out there. I, I think Jalen Waddle is going to lead the team in receiving. I, I think the common thought here would be that Devontae Smith would lead the team in receiving, and he probably you know, will be the favorite to do so. He's going to play on the outside. Jalen Waddle is a, a, a slot receiver, so those are going to affect those numbers to some extent. But when you start thinking about Jalen Waddle, I mean, just go back to the Iron Bowl, man. Three receiving touchdowns, a punt re- or a kickoff return for a touchdown. I think if if he adds all of his game together, because you start looking at it, there really aren't any favorites for SEC Offensive Player of the Year when you think about all the guys that left Burrow and Tua and, and Swift and some of these guys. I think if if I think if Jalen Waddle has a really good year, red receiver, and you know he he does what he does as a return man. He's going to be in serious consideration for SEC Offensive Player of the Year. I think he's that good. I think he's going to have that big a season. I think he's that quick twitch, and I think he's that explosive. Love watching him game, play. I've been saying Jalen Waddle is a problem since he was a freshman. I'm not going to stop now that he's a junior. I'm going all in on the Jalen Waddle hype. Number five for me, this is probably the biggest limb I went out on. You know, I've been pretty safe in these predictions. This one's a much bolder prediction. I'm going to predict that Will Reichard, you guys, is going to end the kicking woes. You heard it here first. That It's over. Will Reichard's going to have a great season. He's going to make more than 80% of his kicks, and Alabama kicking is going to get a reprieve. The jokes that we make about Alabama kicking, at least for one year, Will Reichard's going to put an end to it. I feel it coming. He was just completely snake-bitten last year by bad injury luck. 
It cost him pretty much the entire season. I think that ends. I think he's going to be completely healthy. I think Alabama's going to be smart in how they use him, and I think he's going to be a he's going to be a weapon in field goals. You heard it here first, and of course, if it goes wrong, which it's Alabama special teams and field goal kicking, it's destined to go wrong. You can also make fun of me here. Hey, it all comes down to this: Super Bowl Fifty Four. Who's going to be hosting the trophy and spraying champagne when it's all said and done? Kansas City's an awful lot of fun to watch, but watching San Francisco 49ers, that defensive line, that run game, it's very difficult for me to pick against them. That's why I'm going with the 49ers to end their season on a winning note. And yours can too. This is your last chance to play fantasy football till next season with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. It's simple. Just draft six players from Super Bowl 54, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Get in on Super Bowl, get in on Super Bowl 54 action, download the DraftKings app now, and enter code RUN, R-U-N, during sign-up. For a limited time, all new users will get a free shot at $1 million with your first deposit. That's code RUN, R-U-N, and get a free shot at $1 million with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And now, back to the list. My sixth prediction for this season, I think Dylan Moses is going to be an All-American. And that's not really that bold a prediction because Dylan Moses was a preseason All-American last year before he tore his knee up. A lot of this, guys, is going to depend on on how healthy he is in, in because I think the knee injury was a little more severe than, than most people let on. Remember, it took Dante Hightower. Even though Dante Hightower came back a year after his knee injury, it took him basically two years to get right. It took him two years to get back to the Dante Hightower we had seen before. I don't know that that's the case with Dylan Moses. You know, they make advancements, advancements in these procedures all the time. Dylan Moses was running around toward the end of last year. Uh, but I just think he's that important to this Alabama defense. And I think when people see that context of how well he's playing and how much it it boosts the defense, I think that context will put him up for all the major awards last year. You know, will, he, will he be up for a Buckus Award like he was a couple of years ago? We'll see. But I do think he's got the talent. I think he's going to be All-SEC. And I think at the end of the day, Dylan Moses is going to be an All-American and – because of that, my seventh prediction, because of Dylan Moses being an All-American, because of how much he means to that defense, I think Alabama's defense returns to the top ten of national ranking. This is one of the other bolder predictions, because people are really down on the Alabama defense right now. You fans are. You guys are down on Pete Goldie. I completely get it. You have seen elite defense for a decade, and last year's defense sure wasn't elite, but... It wasn't horrible. It was ranked 21st nationally. And I do. I, I know you have to factor in who they played into that because we mentioned they didn't have the best schedule. But still, 21st nationally. It's not 70th, not 80th, not 90th. Um, 21st is respectable, but it ain't good enough. It ain't good enough in Tuscaloosa. It wasn't good enough to, to get off the field against LSU to give your offense a chance to win the game. It wasn't good enough to get off the field in the fourth quarter to wrap up an Iron Bowl win. It ain't good enough. But I think it can be a top 10 defense again. And I think Dylan Moses is important to that. I think DJ Dale is important to that. I think LeBron Ray and his health, the health of his foot, is important to that. We'll see how that plays out once spring practice starts and as we get into summer and all that. But more particularly, DJ Dale, 
Dylan Moses up the middle of that defense. Where did Alabama's defense go so wrong in 2019? Pass defense was oddly okay. I mean, it wasn't great, as we saw against LSU, but LSU carved up every team they played. The issue was run defense. They consistently could not stop the run like they used to. That's why Dylan Moses is important. He's going to make sure that guys are filling the right run gaps. He's going to make sure that the alignment's correct. He's going to make sure that every hole is plugged. If you got DJ Dale up front doing his job, you got Dylan Moses doing his job. And if you find some help at safety, you get a, a, some guy that you can walk down in the box that can also help when called upon, that will be helpful as well. But I think Alabama's got some pieces. And me going out on another limb here, because this is a defense that lost seven of 11 starters, guys. This isn't a, this isn't a shoe-in that this is going to happen. This is actually a going-out-on-a-limb prediction, but I think it's going to happen. I think Alabama finishes with a top-10 ranking in national defense. Number eight, I think Nick Saban's, again, going to show the country how to handle a quarterback competition. And how much of a competition is it? Well, it looks like Mac Jones has, has, uh, has got his arms around the job, but he hasn't been named the starter yet. And there's been a lot of hype with Bryce Young. He's a five-star quarterback from California, one of the best quarterbacks in the country last year. Some people feel he is the best quarterback in the country. He's coming to Tuscaloosa. He's already on campus. He's going to go through spring practice. He's going to be competing for that job. And when you have a high-profile guy, a five-star guy, and there have been several of them lately at Alabama, um, fans pay attention to that. Fans clamor to see that guy, the guy – has gotten in that position because he's quite a, quite a competitor. So we're going to see, but Mac Jones would certainly be in, in good contention for that job. But I think Nick Saban is going to do what he always does. I think he's, he's going to do what he did when it was a Blake Sims and Jake Coker competition. And I think he's going to do what he did when it was a Blake Barnett-Jalen Hurts competition and a Jalen hurts to a Tonga-Valoa competition. I think he's going to let it play out. He's never come out and named a quarterback before he had to. Because you can't, you can't do that. Because as soon as you name a starter, there's you can almost automatically go ahead and put somebody in the transfer portal. Now, will one of these quarterbacks eventually end up transferring? Probably. That happens to call. I mean, that that happens every time a starter in a quarterback competition is named. One guy that loses knows he just lost the competition. He's going to leave. I'm not saying Bryce Young, but they also got Talia Tongvaloa. They also have Paul Tyson. I'm not suggesting or trying to predict the future on any of those guys leaving. I just think Nick Saban knows how to manage this as well as you can possibly manage it. It's not easy, as you can see, because of the transfer, because players have more options than ever. It ain't easy. But Nick Saban does as good a job as any, and he will again this year. Number nine, Mac Jones is going to open the season as starter. This is one of my least bold predictions, but it is a prediction. I think most people now feel pretty comfortable what they saw against Auburn, what they saw against Michigan. I think they feel pretty comfortable that you can play winning football with Mac Jones. Is he good enough to win a national championship? I don't know. Because when Alabama had quarterbacks, similar skill sets to Mac Jones win national championships, they also had elite defenses. We don't think this Alabama's defense is going to be elite yet. We think they could be pretty good. We don't know how they're going to be elite yet. They're going to have to have some guys step up outside linebacker. What are they going to do at cornerback? What are they doing in the secondary? Um, on the defensive line, is LeBron Ray healthy? There are a lot of questions to be answered before we can determine if Alabama's defense is going to be elite. But every time that they've won a quarterback, or won a national championship, rather, with a quarterback of similar skill sets to Mac Jones, they've had an elite defense. But you can win football games with Mac Jones. You can win a lot of football games with Mac Jones. 
just like you won a lot of football games with Jalen Hurts before Tonga Valoa had to come in and rescue the team this season, the championship, international championship game. So, But I think Mac Jones will be the guy against Southern Cal. And nothing he did against Auburn or Michigan leads me to think otherwise, unless he just becomes a turnover monster in scrimmages. If he goes out and practices during spring practice and fall camp and he's turning the ball over every practice and scrimmage, he's throwing multiple interceptions. That opens it up. Short of that, though, Mac Jones is going to take the first snap versus Southern Cal. That's my prediction. And my final prediction for the 2020 season, drum roll, please, your Alabama Crimson Tide is going to win the SEC West. I think they're the best team. I think they're going to go back to Atlanta again. There are too many question marks right now for me on the defending champions, LSU Tigers. They hired Bo Pelini. They got a good defensive coordinator, but they lost an awful lot of talent. And they lost the heart and soul of that team in Joe Burrow. They lost Lloyd Cushenberry. They lost, they lost Patrick Queen. They lost so much talent, Grant Delpit. They lost a ton of talent. And I don't know enough about Miles Brennan to know if that, that he can come in and do it. They got Jamar Chase. They got some dudes they can, they can throw the ball to. They're going to have running backs. But they're losing an awful lot of talent on that team. Ed Orgeron is dealing with the same thing Nick Saban's been dealing with for a decade. Staff turnover, uh, not just on the field staff, analysts being raided. So there are a lot of distractions right now in Baton Rouge. So I think Alabama is going to have the better team going into the season. Can Auburn, with Chad Morris as the offensive coordinator, can they present a threat? Sure they can. That game's in Bryant-Denny Stadium this year, though. And Auburn lost a lot on that offensive line. Can Texas A&M finally prove with an with a experienced quarterback in Kellen Mond that they're ready to compete? Possibly. But at the end of the day, I think it's your Crimson Tide that are hosting – well, we don't, they don't give trophies for the West. They do, but Alabama doesn't, doesn't make a big deal of it because titles they care about are conference and national. But Alabama will be your SEC champion, and they're going to go off to Atlanta to play – for the SEC Championship. Thanks again for listening to Second and 26. I'm your host, Aaron Suttles. You can follow me on Twitter, at Aaron Suttles. Thanks for listening, guys. Catch you next time.